Hi, friend. It's Brittany Moses and Ranella Kalagithi, and you're listening to Speaking Our Minds, the podcast that brings you honest and nuanced conversations around mental health, holistic wellness, and the real complexities of what it means to be human in the challenges of today's world, where we have fun, fascinating, and meaningful discussions around how to live a more insightful, connected, and whole life from the inside out. Joined by guest professionals, thought leaders, and some of my friends and those with lived experience. As always, we ask that you keep in mind that the views and opinions shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. We're so glad you're here. Follow the conversation on Instagram at Speaking Our Minds Pod and sit with us because we're diving in. This podcast episode is brought to you by WeShare by UHSM, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.weshare.org or call 1-800-900-8476. Welcome everyone to Speaking Our Minds. This is Renella and Brittany. And it is February, which means we're still talking about relationships love, all of those good things, and especially in the context of our relationship with ourselves. And so we thought it would be great to have a whole episode on something that some of us like talking about, which is dating, love, red flags, green flags, how to know if they're good for you, how to know if you're staying a little bit too long, what the research says about lasting happy marriages, and I'm excited to learn from Brittany because she's the married one. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this is a really important topic. And um, yeah, you probably have a lot to share with us, Brittany, about your experience too. Oh my, well, I'm actually really interested in your experience. <laughs> and because I know you've also been in some serious relationships alongside your own journey of like, becoming your truest self and discovering what's best for you. So, and I think that is a theme that runs through both of our stories um, in in different ways. And so we're definitely going to try to interweave that into this part of the conversation, but yeah, we're spilling the tea on all things (laughs) dating and relationships. And we did have an episode in December that was all about like singleness and it was specifically around about singleness during the holidays but I still encourage taking a listen to that with Christina um, who was our guest who's my best friend uh, because we talked kind of more about all of the dynamics that come with finding someone being single and all the cultural shifts that are happening with women in the world um, Mm -hmm. that can Kind of add some more complexity to today's dating world. So definitely yeah. check that out. But today, yeah, let's let's just dive right into it. Yeah, you you were talking about women in, oh. in today's society. And I think it is really important to start off with just kind of the framework and the mindset that we're going into this with. 
Mm -hmm. We're humans. We seek out love. We seek out connection. And yet we live in a very, uh, you know, interesting time when women are just sinking into their self-worth, their empowerment. We have the most, you know, awareness of our history and equality and all of that, that we've maybe ever had. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it does uh, complicate things um, when we have different expectations now that men and women have. So I think this will also be really helpful. Obviously, this is coming from two females perspectives, but I think it will be really helpful because there's a lot of confusion and um, especially with women becoming more empowered and and some men, not all, but some men not knowing what to do with that. Um, I think at, at the end of the day, we can find some really beautiful common ground and some common threads that have been all throughout just as humans what we're looking for in connection with each other. Yeah, that's something we were talking about in, in our former episode was how now that women kind of can bring things, bring their own things to the table, right? They're able to sustain their sol- themselves financially, um, at least, you know, not everyone, but more than in history, right? You can have a bank account in your name now. <laughs> um, and because of that, there is less reliance on, you know, having or needing a husband or a partner to literally survive in the world economically right. and just in general status wise, what have you. So because of that, uh, and also women being able to, you know, be more educated now and what have you, because of that, it's changing the dynamics. Women are, are looking for more now, right? <laughs> more than just like, can you provide for me? Can you put food on the table? It's like, can can you meet me mentally, emotionally, you know, can we be equals mentally, emotionally, um, in all of that? So that's changing things because now women are kind of wanting more from men than men historically maybe needed to step up and provide in that yeah. way. And also the way maybe men have been raised and have been told, well, you know, you just need to be able to provide for your family. And now it's like, no, you you kind of, you actually need more than that. <laughs> it's right. women. It's different now. Um, so anyway, we had a whole discussion on that, that you guys could dive more into, but like you said, Ranella, it, it create, it does create some complexities with dating now where honestly, there's just a lot of, there's a lot more choice in terms of like, Maybe not in terms of – maybe it doesn't feel like it when you're looking for someone. You're like, is there anyone? But in terms of us being able to hold our own autonomy while mm-hmm. being decisive about what is it that I really want and realizing that we're making a big decision because we're talking about maybe spending the rest of our lives with someone here. And yeah. so as we get older, we feel more and more particular about that because we've created this life for ourselves and um, we're thinking about the type of person to maybe share that with, at least if you are looking and you are in the realm of dating. And so, um, yeah, I think it's also yeah. just uh, can, can created this space where women are also learning. Um, yes. They're learning how to uh, prioritize themselves in relationships and so I don't know, I think, yes, we need more from men, but maybe not even more, maybe just different, you know, maybe a little bit more, but also just a little different, not as much of, you know, 
the the financial you know or physical need to be protected but the emotional need to be supported right. protected and women are becoming more okay with the fact that those are the things that we really prize and value and make us yeah. feel happy in relationships so yeah it's so funny you that. say it's so funny you say not we don't need more because it's true in a way because what we're talking about is actually just like basic <laughs> it's like yeah basic emotional connection and to know. us it's basic because right. that's how we're conditioned is to right. be relational creatures that support exactly. one another and so now it's just like oh well you know a lot of men are like this is what i'm supposed to do now don't you get that from your girlfriends you want me to be your girlfriend now <laughs> and anyway we'll jump into all of that because i do think that um men that tend to be a little bit more secure in themselves don't actually yeah. see it that way um, men that are maybe a little bit more avoidant a little more anxious a little more insecure in what they can provide tend to feel like they're not enough already so that's part of the rhetoric um so let's talk about dating red flags and just jump into maybe what are some of the things that um you know might not be the best for us as we especially as women um and right. you know men and women but um what are just some of the general red flags that that we can look out for yeah i know one of the things that we were talking about that can commonly happen is that, and I know we keep saying as women, but we're women, so that's our perspective, is that we can kind of chameleon when it comes to relationships where we find ourselves trying to be the perfect person for the person that we're interested in. And there is a little bit of like trying to prove that someone could want me, trying to prove that someone could choose me. And maybe if I'm everything that I think that they want and need me to be, right. then they'll stay with me, then they'll choose me, then they can't not choose me. Yeah. And that is a part where we can like lose ourselves and we get so caught up in trying to make sure that we are the perfect woman for every single person that we meet that we lose sight of our own worth, dignity, and respect that we like, what about finding someone who's good for us? Right. That's good right. for who we are. Because mm -hmm. I have so many girlfriends who, you know, I've dated guys and they, you know, they do the works, which is fine. But I'm like, here's the deal. Like, I feel like you could be with almost anyone, right? They're just like really wholesome yeah. women. I'm like, you probably could make it work with yeah. anyone because knowing you, you can adapt to anyone. And in that, I try to encourage them. I, I really want to encourage you to actually like kind of settle in yourself and find someone who actually is right for you instead of only focusing on, on being right for them. Yeah. And so especially when these red flags come up, this is what can cause us to miss some of these red flags because we are so focused on trying to be all the right things that we are missing all the ways in which they are not good or right for us. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think that's such a great place to start because if there is anything you get from this whole episode, I feel like this is the most important part. It starts with you believing that you are worthy enough for all the things that you uniquely need to create a happy, healthy you know, space um, and connection. And I will just be the first one to say that I am so skilled in everything that you just talked about. <laughs> I'm skilled in, in doing the thing you're not supposed to do. And that is, uh, you know, I spent so many of my own relationships 
And now looking back, realizing that it was always within the talking stage, like the meeting, Mm -hmm. the talking. And then before we actually got together, if I were to rewind and go to the past, which I've loved all of my exes, they are wonderful. I I really do respect them and, and I've learned so much from them. But if I could look back at those beginning talking stages, and if I would have just taken a big deep breath, and returned back to myself, not tried so hard, particularly for me. And I think this is how it comes out in practice. When you're so focused on having them accept you versus if you even like how they make you feel, what it looks like in practice is being in the DMs or the text messages and responding too quickly or overthinking it all or kind of doing most of the work and you're the one asking questions and they're not really asking a bunch of questions, right. but right. you're kind of keeping the, you know, it up or you're bringing your A game because you're just afraid that they're already going to quote unquote reject you when nothing has even been proven yet. So if I have learned anything in my relationships, it's to slow the heck down in the initial talking and getting to know each other phase to see, are they contributing to the nice experience of getting to know them as much as I am? And, uh, you know, and if that matters to you where you need them to kind of do both, then I think that's really important. If you're kind of the one that's doing all the work if you're the one making the plans or bringing all the energy or making all the jokes, and then now all of a sudden you realize, wow, I'm enjoying this mostly because I'm part of the relationship. I'm creating it. Yeah. I'm creating it. So I don't know. I think like maybe one of those red flags might be, first of all, make sure you're not the red flag and you're kind of over committing and over idealizing and over investing too soon. But also are they kind of um, showing a reciprocal type of energy too? Yeah, that's that really reminds me of like an anxious attachment style. Yeah. And that's such a hard thing to deal with because you in the very back of your mind or maybe in the front of your mind, you're wondering, how come I want them more than they want me? Oh. And like, why don't they want me as much as I want them? And when is someone going to want me and show me the love that I give to others? And that's and that's so hard because then it can you can start really in internalizing on your worth and it and it's really not about your worth it sometimes really is just a mismatch um and that kind of leads me into one of my red flags which is mismatch communication versus actions so it's when their their words are not matching their actions that is a really big deal for me you know yeah. if they are you know saying they really like you or they love spending time with you or they really want to keep seeing you or what have you, but kind of like you said, they're not making the effort or their actions aren't backing up what they're saying. Right. That's a red flag for me because, and I've seen this happen where maybe one, the guy is like a really nice guy. So he doesn't really know how to just directly say like, maybe this isn't going to work or maybe this isn't a good time or what have you. Um, or he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. He's trying to kind of like 
yeah. live his life mm-hmm. and then also have you. Um, yeah. and, and maybe you guys are wanting two different things, but he also doesn't want to lo- lose you. So he kind of keeps like stringing you along. Right. But his actions aren't backing up. Right. Maybe that loyalty or that commitment or that he really is interested in just you or whatever it is. So, um, or I've seen it where a guy actually just really isn't sure about himself and he's really insecure about like who he is or where he is in life. So because of that, that's also coming out in the dating relationship. He doesn't really know what he wants with you because he doesn't really know what he wants with himself or what he wants out of life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I kind of had gotten caught up in one of those things where I felt very clear about who I was and where I was going. And I thought we were on the same page. I think he wanted to be, but he wasn't. And at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, it didn't work out because of that. So yeah, just honestly, just taking, being very honest with yourself about what actions are saying. Yes. Yeah. That, that one's really, really good. And again, it can be hard to catch that if every single thing they do, you've already decided is amazing (laughs) or (laughs) I believe them already. And so just like really trusting more of their actions than just their words. Um, I think too, one of the red flags at the beginning, I think for me is, um, especially if you are specifically looking for a more long-term relationship, what is the emphasis of the conversation and your time together? Is it, um, you know, is it more focused on the feelings and the chemistry and kind of that physical aspect, um, especially at the very beginning? And if you're, you know, certainly looking for something long term, because the foundation that you build upon, you know, has to be something that is a lot deeper than just, I mean, you can have chemistry with so many types of people, with lots of yeah, people that true. are not good for you. But, but what are, and, and I would say, stop to think about what are the things that I've noticed in my past relationships where when they have these components with, you know, the things that they like talking about or interests that that makes me, you know, in the long run, you know, it uh, allows me to con- continue deepening the relationship. So mm-hmm. is it their intelligence? Is it, um, you know, their passions? Is it their communication style? Is it their love languages? you know, kind of looking for some of those deeper things than maybe one of those red flags at the beginning being like, everything's rushing. It's, it's fast, it's intimate, it's sparks. And that all feels like so magical and romantic and wonderful. But now I personally see that as a red flag because we're, Mm -hmm. we're actually idealizing far too quickly than, than we are getting serious about being like, Hey, okay, well, will this actually, you know, are we compatible? Yeah, what is actually sustainable? That was actually this a similar red flag that I had listed as well. I had intense rapid escalation. So relationships that escalate too quickly and become overly intense. Yeah. And it's difficult because this is what we see in movies and media growing up is oh, true yeah. love. I mean, think about Titanic. They knew each other for three days, like, you know, and we're like, oh, that was the best love story. He's like, he didn't even know her like that. Like, we don't know how that relationship would have looked in the long run. We have no idea if that would have worked out. Um, 
but you know, it's, and it's, it's exciting, those intense emotions, but really healthy relationships, I believe do develop gradually where both partners have that time to build the trust and the understanding with one another. And I think that that, that was one of the key things that stood out for me and Jason's relationship, our dating relationship. We really took our time. And I know I, there were some people that were like, Oh, you haven't introduced them to your family yet. You haven't introduced them to your son yet. You haven't done this yet. I'm like, no, like we are moving at our own pace. We are really taking the time to get to know each other and be around each other in different settings and have lots of conversations and, you know, learn each other's values, learn each, where each other's head is at. And so our relationship was just very tempered. And I've been in relationships where it's fiery fast and it's obsessive and it's exciting. And it's like all of that. And you, and it's, there's a lot of adrenaline, um, but those tend to fall apart just as fast as they take off. And with Jason, it was different because it was actually like really tempered. I did have butterflies when I saw him. I was very attracted to him. I was happy to see him. I was happy when I got text messages from him and we planned dates, all that was there, but it wasn't this like fiery, rapid escalation, obsessiveness. It was very tempered. It was very like, you know what? Let's just take the time to have the fun of just exploring and getting to know each other and see where this goes and do fun things together. It was very fun loving. And um, that was kind of different for me. And I was like, wow, this is so refreshing. And then by the time we got to the state where we were talking about getting engaged, it was like, I could look back and say, because we uh, dated for maybe three-ish years before we got engaged, three or four years. And I was like, yeah, this is something I could see have longevity. Like this right. is something I could see, I someone I could see myself being with for the rest of my life. There just yeah. was a, a natural flow to our relationship that wasn't so forced by such, you know, extreme emotions yeah. and intense intensity, like, right. you know? And so for some of us, you know, especially if we've grown up in homes where there is a lot of intensity or maybe there's verbal abuse or physical or whatever it is, maybe we did receive subconsciously that this is what love looks like. Right. And so maybe we, we, it's familiar to us. We think that love looks like something that's intense. It has to be, you know, this rapid escalation and, you know, we kind of go for these familiar types of relationships, but they're actually not really great for us mentally, emotionally. They're not great for our mental health. They're not great for our emotional health. They kind of keep us on a roller coaster of emotions. Mm -hmm. And and then and then we see love that's tempered as maybe boring or like, but I'm not feeling crazy about this person. And I think I really want to encourage and challenge people um, kind of on the on where that framework comes from. Um, because I know for me also, as I got older, it's like safety became more prioritized and sustainability yeah. became more prioritized and companionship. I want to be with my best friend every yeah. day. And you I know? think that does, it, it does change as you ha- get a little bit more experienced, jaded, yeah. <laughs> you realize, <laughs> jaded, oh, dang it, that doesn't actually lead to where I want it to lead. So yeah. no, yeah, that's, that's so good. And I, I think too, um, yeah, uh, there's security there. I think you have mm. to have a little bit of security in order for there to not be like, in order to not rush into it. It's almost as if underlying that that rushing, um, you know, especially at the beginning, is a, is a fear or an insecurity that either one or both parties needs to lock something in or, you know, move quickly. And when you have that like sense of security that like, hey, we're not, 
you know, we're both interested. We're not going anywhere for now. Like, you know, and I can trust that if they're meant to stick around, then they will, even if some of these other components are a little bit slower out of principle or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so then I had within that controlling behavior as a dating red flag, if yes. they're trying to be con too controlling of your life, whether that leads to mm -hmm. isolating from friends and family, um, those around you, um, as well as dishonesty, I had as a major red flag. Major. I, just lying, you know, yeah, straight no. up. Just, you can no. build trust with someone who lies exactly. to you. And, but see, this is the thing, Brittany, is so many people out here being saviors and like, but they get the second chance and they're trying and their upbringing and how they grew up. And this is all they know. Yes, that might be true. But why are God did not ordain you to be the like graveyard of all of their issues. And then you're uh, supposed to build trust with them. I just don't buy uh, it. I do not buy the whole uh, I'm supposed to be the one like I really believe it is a red flag when you're trying to do too much of that work. And I think yes. sometimes people think that, well, you know, we have to be patient with each other. We have to build. Absolutely. I am not against that. But I'm not against that once you've built a secure foundation, you know, you want to be together long term. They've shown you evidence that they're trustworthy long term. And then maybe you're married. And then maybe later in the relationship, you, you know, over time, there are just things you have to work through, not within the first year or two of three of dating before you've even gotten married, you're having these massive issues of dishonesty, distrust, all of these things. I'm, I'm not about it. I really am not. It does not bode well. For Listen, I did that. And uh, mm. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even going to identify the relationship, but I did that. Let's just say that. And I was very young. And honestly, that person is still in the same headspace, dealing with the same struggles that I tried to fix when we were together. And I look back and I'm like, that would have been my whole life. Ooh. Because nobody is guaranteed to change. Oh, you can't God. guarantee that anyone's going to change. And so I guess the flip side was when it came down to meeting Jason, my husband, and we were thinking about marriage. I had to, in that moment, go, can I take him exactly as he is right now? Like if nothing about him changed with all his habits and quirks and what have you, can I accept that for the rest of my life? Because that is what you are accepting because no one's guaranteed to change. And once I realized absolutely I could, then yeah. that's how I knew. But if you are basing the relationship with someone on the potential that they're, that they'll change, you can be setting yourself up because there is absolutely no, no guarantee for that. So that's definitely something to keep in mind as a red flag for sure. Wow. And this is where I think the anxious attachment style gets um, confusing for people because some people think, oh, maybe they have an anxious attachment style because they're trying to, you know, maybe either control this person or make sure that they stick around. There's this codependency that's created. But actually, the person is doing things and committing to actions and giving mixed signals and messages that are making you anxious right? Yes. So it's not always necessarily something's wrong with you. Why are you so obsessive? Why are you so anxious? You are with someone who is doing things that are, that are losing your trust. 
that are not adding up, that are not matching in word and action. And that incongruence is creating fear and anxiety within you because you can't trust it. So also just being aware of that, you know, sometimes we're anxious because we really do have some things to work on. We take this into every relationship, but then there are other times where it's who you're with. And I look back and I'm like, I can see the relationships where I was more anxious. And then I'm with Jason and I'm totally secure and I don't have that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like it was the person I was with and how they were and with their communication that was clear, their loyalty, their actions that backed up that they wanted to be in the relationship, you know? So that's uh, something to keep really in mind because your mental health, it's, it's just not worth it. It cannot stand up and it cannot bear up for long term. Right. You're trying to fight for within these months or short years of being together And I can completely agree. I think, you know, um, I would be so anxious in certain relationships. And then when I would look back when I was done, you know, when we broke up, it was like, oh, by week three of being together, I said something that triggered them. They stonewalled, did not reply to my texts or communicate with me for three days. Um, Obviously, Mm. I'm going to be anxious. Right. Anyone would be anxious. And then, of course, that triggered my anxious response in that particular relationship. I was very Mm -hmm. unaware of attachment styles. And I, you know, it was the whole anxious avoidance cycle where then I got more and more clingy and then I would text them and it was just, and then of course it's, it's like this back and forth. And what makes it so addicting is that at the end of that cycle and back and forth, it's like, all of a sudden you seem to come to this conclusion about like, oh, now we figured out what was wrong in the relationship. You have to work on that. Oh, we can be together. Oh, this feels so good. There's that and then you tension and then relief. Up. Yeah. Oh, it's the roller coaster. And then you're just like, oh, we've been making so much progress, which, but really in, in reality, you've just been beating down your own intuition and justifying why they're going to change or why you're going to change. And it just is not working. So I think probably one of those red flags is like, hey, Within those first three months, it's actually supposed to be a lot more like pleasant and stable and, you know, happy. If you're already having crazy issues within those first three months, if you're if if in the six to 12 months that you're together, you know, you're in a pretty long term relationship at that point and 60 to 70 percent of your interactions and your communication is more of fixing things, changing each other, trying to figure out what works versus enjoying the relationship, having fun, like learning each you know, other, learning growing together, growing yeah. and it's happy. I think the statistic is you need to have one positive interaction. Um, oh no, it's one like negative interaction, quote unquote negative, kind of more conflict interaction to five positive. If you're not mm-hmm. getting that, I think that's a red flag. I mean, I, I just don't think it's it's working out. I'm glad you made that distinction because obviously there are going to be some conflicts and some things that pop yes. up that you're going to have to work through because you're two different people and you're trying to get on the same page and learn each other's communication styles. Um, but if the whole thing is that it could be a sign that there's not a fit. And actually, that was one of the other red flags I had. And I know we're going to switch into some green flags soon. But that was um, 
an openness and a receptiveness to difficult conversations and communication. So I, my, and I'm, I know I just keep referencing Jason, but he, I mean, really is like my redeeming. Oh, he's my giant green flag. And, um, seeing the way that he responded to conflict it was so healing. Like I remember the first time I brought something up to him that bothered me mm. or that I just didn't feel comfortable with or what have you or was thinking about. And I remember being so afraid to bring it up to him because I was like, this relationship is going so good. What if I bring this up to him? And then it like messes things up. And then he doesn't want to have to deal with me and like my stuff. And then he's just going to, what if it causes him to like take steps back? Like all these fears that run through our head. And then I remember I was like, well, I just, I have to say something because I can't stop thinking about how this is bothering me. And I brought it up to him and he was immediately just like, oh, I, you know, I never thought about it that way. And, you know, when he, he thought about it and he, he was like, well, what, what, what would you like me to do? Or did it not like, and was ready to fix it. And he did this time and time again, that showed me like, he really wanted, he did not want to lose the relationship and he did not yeah. want to lose me and he would do whatever it takes and give or take, he does have his own voice as well. And he does have his own perspective. And we, we share those both equally, but that was so different than previous relationships where I might bring up an issue and the person either totally stonewalls it mm. and just like goes off and does their own own thing or yeah. they um get super defensive and automatically feel attacked by it when you're not even attacking the person you're just trying to share your perspective or something that bothered you but they immediately take it as an attack and get defensive and you can't really right. bring anything up and so to me i guess i'm sharing both a red and a green flag um it to look out for which is how they receive and their level of maturity and security with being able to have open conversations yeah. when things are conflicting because i know in that moment when i decided to bring something up to jason i said you know what if he is the right person i need to bring this up because i need to find out if in the long run he's someone i can talk to about difficult things he's someone that i can be honest with like i need to find that out now because if he's not then that's, I already knew like, that's not going to work out in the long run. But if he is, then that actually gives me another sign that this is someone that I could be with. So actually being able to bring up conflict and learning more about them based on that is actually a good thing. So instead of fearing it, that actually is an opportunity to discover are there, are they someone that can handle difficulty? Are they someone that can handle conflict and have open communication and receive and communicate effectively or do they run do they stonewall do they blame do they get defensive like these are this is really important information even though sometimes we are a little scared to find out cuz we don't know what it'll do to the relationship yeah and i think it, it is important to recognize that there are plenty of people out there who can sit with conflict and who can sit with difficult emotions because sometimes yeah we, you know, tend to especially, you know, make those excuses and say, well, you know, we have to learn together and grow, but there are some fundamental things that are really difficult to teach people. So, um, green flags, um, like you said, uh, you know, how they receive conflict. Um, and I think being really in tune with your nervous system is another one of those things. How do you feel in general, 60, 70% of the relationship? Are you, calm. And again, if you are someone who's anxiously attached or insecurely attached, 
you know, your number one thing that you're going to tell me is, Ronella, what if I am, you know, just anxious in general? What if I'm not calm and he is the right person, but it's because of me? Well, um, then you know your needs a little bit more and you know you need to especially be with someone who's a little bit more secure. So instead of making the excuse that, you know, oh, it's me, I'm the problem because I just get anxious anyway, it's like, no, how about we flip that and say, if he's the right person, even though you are anxious, you will be able to still feel somewhat safe and stable in conflict and just being exactly who you are. So especially for people who are anxious, I think that calmness is really important to look out for. I love what you're talking about because you're talking about something I call the raw materials. And Mm -hmm. these are, right, like sometimes with dating, we've all heard of like everyone has a like giant checklist. And at the end of the day, it's really what are the raw materials? What are the core materials about a person um, that can sustain long term? So um, that openness and specifically what you said about that security to where you can be who you are and they are not automatically going to feel threatened by it or what have you. Cause I've had, I've had that experience as well, where, especially for women, you know, we have that whole narrative of being afraid of being too much. Yes. And even just hearing that makes me cringe inside the the ways that we are afraid to be too much and then maybe especially with a man mm. you know and i have to say through experience as one who would probably be categorized as too much because <laughs> i you share your thoughts and you share your opinions and mm-hmm. you know who you are and right. you and you are willing to speak up and have a voice and what have you um obviously in a respectful way, but just in basic human decency, dignity, respect, and um, self sense of self, a secure man is not going to be intimidated by those things. A secure partner is not going to be run off by those things. In fact, they are going to find that those things add to the relationship. They're going to be attracted to those things. They're going to like those things about you. So something that is too much for one person yeah. is not too much for another person. I was in a relationship where, you know, he kind of suggested that maybe um, I like kind of tone things back a little bit, or maybe we take a break from social media, or maybe we did it because I think my presence was getting a little mm. um, insecure for him. Mm. And I remember telling Jason, we were dating like, Hey, just to let you know, like I am someone who's public online. I share my thoughts. I share my beliefs. I share my ideas. Like, you know, I am vocal about this and the other. Would that bother you? Like I, I share my personal life. I'm open about that. Would that bother you? He was like, no, not at all. And that was just like such a different response from what I've had in the past. So yeah, I think that that is a green flag is someone that you can fully be yourself with that you don't have to shrink from. Like I never have to worry about needing to change myself yeah. around around him. And even as I grow and evolve, I don't have to worry about him being intimidated by who I'm becoming either. And right. so that I think is a major green flag that you need to be able to be in your own skin because chances yeah. are if you are masking for a relationship now to date, how long are you going to carry that that mask or how long are you going to continue to conform and perform for this person? It's not long-term, long-term sustainability. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is one of 
to me, a really huge green flag is making sure that you do not feel like you're too much. Mm -hmm. And ever since my first relationship where everything was too much, I was literally shape-shifting everything, how I talked. Again, I was in a more conservative religious environment. So having an opinion was too much. And what I wore was too much. This shirt would have been too low. I mean, that was the world that I came from. So I was really having to undo this idea that women are always too much in whatever way. And um, for me personally, being with someone who is very empowering of women is Mm -hmm. important. And so that's a personal thing for me. You have to know yourself what are going to be the green flags for you, but under the umbrella of these things matter to me and they're okay with it too, or they celebrate it too, versus when you start having stacked up the concerns they have or the things they don't really love. It is kind of a fine line, right, Brittany? And sometimes we feel like it's a fine line in relationships where we're like, well, it's give and take, you know, like we have to learn how to But there's a line, there's a a critical mass, like there's a point that you get to where now you are not able to actually just show up, be yourself, and all of your personality quirks, all of your interests, the things you feel strongly about that you want to just vent about. For me, one of those things is just the experience of being a woman. Mm -hmm, And in mm -hmm. my last relationship, it was very, um, it was actually very refreshing to not have to mute that part of me. And, and so with every relationship, I learned what it felt like to actually just be myself. And so I think, yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, you, you don't have to hide, you don't have to mask, you don't have to cover up things, especially that really matter to you. Yeah, I had alongside that kind of tied in is autonomy is a good sign of a healthy relationship. You know, me and Jason, there are a lot of interests that we share, but there are also some that we don't like he I am not a gamer, but he has his game nights with his friends and what have you. But then I also have my own friendships and my own interests and my own things that I do with my other friends. And so it's really cool because We both have these, not necessarily separate lives, but there is a really healthy mix of us being able to have our own individual lives and our own individual things that we do with our friends and all these other things add to our life and thus add to our relationship. And we also have our life together in all the things that we do, but it's not only us. Like our relationship isn't so isolated from everything else. So I think that that is a sign of a healthy relationship. I know what it feels like to completely wholly invest yourself in someone in a relationship that you literally just lose everything. Like it just becomes the main focus of all your time and of all your energy. And it really can suck the life out of the relationship. Even It's that like obsessiveness, you yes. know? Yes. And I've totally been there. And to be in this type of relationship where there is autonomy for me to have my time with my own friends and have my time doing my own things. And he does his own things. And there's total trust there where there's no fear. There's total trust. And, and it adds to our relationship because we both feel free. Like we both have this freedom. You know, and I, and, and I will say like being married does help that because you're like, well, they're going to be around for a while, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so you're like, so I have time to do my other things. I think when you are dating, you sure. do not 
naturally want to spend more of your time with that person. And you do naturally want to spend what time you have getting to know them and doing things together. But I will say, um, I think it's really important in a relationship to have basically your own life, right? And your whole life not be the relationship, but to have your own life as well, your own hobbies, your own passions, your own interests. And I think that even adds to that relationship because then you actually just have more things to talk about and experiences to share. And it continues to breathe and add life to the relationship. So that was definitely a green flag for me is that there is some sense of autonomy in the relationship. That's one of the things that attracted us to each other was that he liked that I had my own things that I was passionate about. And that, and that I respected the things that he was passionate about. And what's great about that is when he's doing the things that he's passionate about, I don't necessarily feel lonely or like I need attention or like, you know, oh, you're always doing that. Like, why don't you spend time with me or like whatever it is, because whatever he's doing the things that he likes, I'm I'm doing the things that I like. So it's like, okay, great. You want to do that? I'm going to go catch up on this book I've been wanting to read, or I'm going to work on this article I've been wanting to write. And so that's really nice is having separate, but together lives. Yeah. And I think a word that I love using for that idea is interdependence, you know, not codependence, not independence. Um, And again, these are all words that are related to attachment styles too, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times those who are a little bit more anxious and fearful, they they tend to be more com- codependent and meshed. Those who are avoidant tend to be more distant. They tend to be more um, disengaged. But if you can find someone and if you can also continue to work on yourself to be someone that has your own life, has your own autonomy, and yet you're you're doing life together and there are moments when they cross over, many moments when they cross over and moments when you're also just okay, I think autonomy is really important. And speaking of autonomy, one Mm -hmm. of the green flags that I think really makes a big difference is when each person is able to know themselves well enough to articulate their feelings, articulate their perspectives, even if they disagree with yours. Yes. um, And also set boundaries for themselves. So I didn't realize that um, this was so important because I was operating on extremes. You know, I would would be with someone who was very avoidant, then I'd be with someone who was really anxious. And, you know, the anxious ones would, um, you know, we would have no boundaries and it would be Hmm. yes to everything. Yes to this, yes to that. And, and, And over and over, if someone is too agreeable, you kind of start wondering, like, do you have your own opinions? Do you have your own interests? Do you have your own um, thing? You know, just ways of being that are different from me. And on the flip side, if there's just, you know, such a rigidity, you know, where there's, uh, yeah, like you're just very rigid and and you can't seem to kind of come to an agreement on, on many things, then that's also, you know, a red flag. But that kind of tying into that idea of interdependence, someone that is able to kind of say, hey, these are things that I love about you and that I agree with. And these are things that like, they don't, they're not a big deal to me. Um, or these are experiences that I don't mind having. And like just someone that really knows themselves, I think is really important um, and has the ability to express 
who they are, where their boundaries are. For example, if you want to go out and they don't, you know, someone who's not always going to give in every time, who's just like, hey, they need to take care of themselves too. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. I think there's just like this balance of, of like, I'm going to give in sometimes to make you happy and to continue to grow the relationship. And sometimes I'm just going to really take care of myself and kind of having a balance yes. both because I've, I've dated guys on both extremes. I've been on both extremes and um, just with that same line of interdependence. Yeah, I, I definitely in the beginning of our relationship did a more of that saying yes to a lot of things and going out to different things. And that was fine. I'm glad I did. But now I'm at a place where I'm like, yeah, no, I really don't want to do that. You guys go have fun. Like, you know what I mean? Right. If you, you want to go gaming at the arcade all night with your friends. Like I used to stick around and now I'm like, yeah, no, I'd rather be like in bed with a book and my candle or something. Right. Like do your thing. Um, so I, I totally, I totally feel that. And I do think that can come with being in a secure relationship as well, like a yes. secure attachment. Again, it just goes back to when you feel more secure in the relationship with the person that you feel like you can trust and that you guys are going to be honest with each other, then you feel like you really can, um, individuate or have that differentiation because you know that that's not going to break the relationship. That's not going to tear it apart. That's not mm-hmm. going to, negatively affect your relationship. Um, So it's, it really is a big difference what being in a secure relationship can do because you just don't have to worry about these things that maybe in past relationships you might've feared could have ended it or, you know, offset the other person or what have you. Yeah, absolutely. I think another green flag and, you know, some people debate on this, but I think it's really important for your friends and family to like your partner. And oh, that is actually really important. It's really important. And sometimes it is hard when you already maybe don't feel as close to your family, or maybe there's some enmeshment happening in your family and there's some toxicity. But unless it's an extreme case, these are the people who've been around you, especially if your family is somewhat loving, cares about you, has been involved in your life, and especially if they are very involved in your life. Um, and of course, your friends are the, the people that you choose to love you and know you. If they have, you know, if they feel good about the relationship, if they like who you're becoming in the relationship, I think that's a green flag. And then conversely, if over and over again, over time, they don't, they're expressing concerns, they're telling you what they're seeing from the outside. They don't love who you're becoming. I think that's so, so important. And especially if your friends not only tolerate them, but like them, enjoy them. I think, and I know based on research, that is a great indicator of longevity. Yeah, that harmony is really helpful. And of course, every situation is its own situation, you know. In some cases, you could literally bring home the most virtuous person. And no matter what, maybe you have a difficult family, they're not going to like them. But I agree, like having that harmony, it really does add to the quality of life for everyone. And it's really helpful. And especially in getting together in the long term, I was actually thinking on the other side, and maybe this is a red flag slash green flag as well. The the person's friends that you're dating, 
I think says a lot because yes, right. Because it's important to mesh with the friends of the person that you're going to be with because those friendships can either take away from your relationship and kind of destroy it, or it can add to it. And I've been in both. So what's beautiful is me and Jason have this group of mutual friends that are really healthy because I fell in love with his friends. I loved his friends. And so now we're one big friend group. We can all get along and do stuff together. However, I've been in relationships where the guy I was with had toxic friends. He just always knew how to pick the ones, you know what I mean? The ones that were just not good for the relationship that, mm-hmm. you know, would take him out like he's single, have no care or respect for the relationship. And then what happens is if you don't get along with their friends or if you have a lot of conflict with their friends, it makes it really difficult and strains the relationship because you'll never feel comfortable being around them or you'll right. never feel comfortable with the person you're with going out with them because you're afraid that either those people are always going to bad talk you to them, or they're going to not respect the relationship at all when they're out or what have you. And so I think that's really important because sometimes this, the person you're dating has been with these friends for a long time. And so, or they've been, or they've known them for a long time. So then they're like feeling conflicted because it's like, well, you know, then they feel like they have to choose between you and their friends and what have you. So that whole dynamic, like, listen, as I'm saying this, I'm like, I'm just like, no, like, I just have such a low tolerance. It's just like, no, none of that anxiety, that stress, those roller coasters. Like I did it in my twenties. I did it early on. And it's just like, it's like, no, you get to a point where it's just like, I choose peace, you know, not perfection but I choose freaking peace. Like, you know, and, and probably like with, matters. Yes. And with some of these guys, like you're able to say that with so much confidence now, but probably when you were in those relationships, you really loved the person. You probably really wanted yeah. it to work out, but you ultimately chose yourself and you ultimately chose peace, even yeah. though you probably didn't want to. And then now, you know, being on the other side of it, it's like, Hey, you survived. We survive. We survive breakups. We really do, even though it doesn't feel oh, like Oh, yeah, we do. It, it, and even the breakups with the people we thought we were going to be with for yeah. the rest of our lives, yeah, you know? And different. so I'm glad that you brought up the context of other relationships because in the long run, that does play a role. And if you're just now dating, that's not something you have to have all the details on right now. You know, mm-hmm. they're just things to look out for as the relationship is unfolding. Cause I know in the beginning of our dating relationship, there was, there's always, there's always so many unknowns because mm-hmm. you're just getting to know the person you're just dating. And so that's where there, there just needs to be that openness of seeing of allowing time to show you how the relationship unfolds and how things go and just keeping your eyes open for things um, so that you can walk into that relationship with awareness. And I think being secure with yourself allows you to do that. I think when you are so dependent on making that relationship work or making sure that person chooses you or just not wanting to be alone, you're going to overlook those red flags because you're going to be doing everything to try to keep that relationship together because you don't want to be alone again because you don't want the uh, the person to leave you or what have you. Um, but and then maybe, when you get to that, uh-huh. mm-hmm. no, I was just saying, and maybe, um, you know, just the 
fear that you'll never find someone else. Someone again, right? And then when you have kind of that security, then that allows you to have the space and time to say, let me just see how this unfolds and make decisions kind of along the way. Um, and, and it allows you to kind of look out for those things because I know for me, it was like, you know what, whether or not this relationship works out, like I really like Jason, I really want to be with him. Like that would be nice. But if this doesn't work out, I will be okay. So I always kind of in the beginning had my hands open for the, the understanding that it could go anywhere because I'm still getting to know him. Um, but uh, here's a green flag. I know now I'm all over the place. He was always clear about his intention. And I know you've talked about this before, Ranella, too, where it's like just being clear about like, what is this? Are we exclusive? Yeah. Are we seeing other people? Are we, you know, like within are the first really month? Are we serious for, about this? Are we serious about this? Like you are not, again, being too much for wanting clarity about the, where the relationship is going, because you don't want to waste your time and you don't want to waste your energy. If it's, if you guys aren't on the same path and maybe you need to, you know, then reassess with someone who maybe is on the same path as you, but that's another part, just having someone who's willing to be clear about you and about what they feel about you and about where the relationship is going, I think is really, really important because not having that clarity is what leads to that anxiety and other things. Right. And while we're on this topic, you know, I have recently become a Swifty myself. And oh, I, can't, <laughs> I can't pretend to know everything about Taylor and Travis's relationship, but some of the green flags that I see that feel really good. And, and one of the reasons why I think people are really connecting with their story. And yes, I know also a lot of people hate them, but I'm part <laughs> of the party that loves them. So extreme. Um, Exactly. Um, But one of the things that I love along the same lines is, um, you know, she's obviously just so high profile. There's so much that comes with being in a relationship with her. And she has experienced a lot of distress from being with men who are not okay with what comes with being with her. And and yet you see Travis, who obviously is his own personality and has been in the spotlight for a while or whatever, and he's very comfortable with everything that comes with her. And he's also very comfortable with talking about her, being open about her, showing publicly his affection, being open about it, even though that does mean they're going to be all over the media. People are going to say all kinds of things. But this is just like it's them and their world. And um You know, this also just side note tangent reminds me, I just saw this Bridgerton edit. Did you watch Bridgerton, by the way? Uh, Yes. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Because I saw this Bridgerton edit where it's like in all three of the seasons, it's like the clips of each of them, like one of them being like, just look into my eyes. There's no one else. And it's just, I think that that a little bit of that feeling is important Mm. that like, hey, you know, I'm not afraid to post a story about you at an appropriate time on Instagram, you know, or I'm not afraid of being seen with you in public or talking about you or talking about you to my friends and my family, that kind of openness, that feeling of like, I'm proud to be with you. Obviously, like that takes time to build up to, but you should get there and you should get there in an intentional relationship, you know, within a a good amount of time. And I think that's important because I've also been with guys where, 
I'm just not sure. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like post a, a story about you. And we're like oh, seven months yes. into the relationship, you know? So <gasps> yeah. um, anyway, I, I think that's a green flag when you can, you just feel for whatever's appropriate to you. You feel yeah. like, hey, they 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 feel lucky to be with me. I feel lucky to be with them. We're not ashamed yes. of talking about what we are. Yes, you deserve to be with someone who feels just as lucky to be with you as you feel about them. 100% agree about that. <laughs> you know, one last green flag I'm thinking of is shared values. And I think that's really important because science has shown, like relationship science has shown that um, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships, having shared values is a really big deal when yeah. it comes to long-term relationships. So I do think having similar worldviews is important. You don't have to think the same way about every single thing and every single detail, but I do think that, um, beliefs are really important in having shared values about how you see the world and about how you see people and how you approach life and kind of the principles that you you live by. Um, these are really important things to be looking at with people. You know, I was raised non-denominational Christian. Jason was raised Catholic. So we weren't raised in the same denomination and we've had very different experiences of church and mm. you know we've gotten to share that with each other but what for me um worked <laughs> was knowing we had the same values you yeah. know and the same value system and for me it was I always say it's the fruit look at the fruit because people can profess that they believe whatever it's not about what you profess. It's about what your fruit shows, mm -hmm. right? So for me, I was like, it is, I could care less about what you claim, yeah. you know, what matters is what I see in the fruit and how you treat me and how you treat others yeah. and how you approach the world. And so for me, even though we had different backgrounds denominationally or what have you, he had all the fruits of right. love, patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness, you know, all of that stuff, self-sacrifice, like all of that. And that for me was like, okay, like mm -hmm. we have the same values in terms of the ways that we see the world and live. So, That's um, huge. so th I, that is a big deal. Cause I've gotten women who are like, you know, either like I'm Christian and he's Muslim or I'm this and he's that. And it's like, I'm like, it really, I mean, that's difficult. I'm just like being realistic, like down the line, if you guys were to have kids and deciding how to raise your kids and how open-minded is the other person, if you guys are both very, very strong in your worldview and what you believe and there's no conformity, right? Like mm -hmm. realistically, that is going to be difficult. So right. just considering those things, like, again, it doesn't have yeah. to be exact on everything, but it is true that having similar values is going to be a big deal down the line because your value system is what guides the way that you see life and approach life. Love what you said about values, because I think what they say is opposites attract and then they attack. <laughs> <laughs> and um, long-term it's, it is the research does show that it's better to have more similarities. Yeah. Better because when you just think about it from an energy perspective, you know, and just like, you know, living together day in, day out, if you're constantly up against, you know, someone that doesn't have the same values or that, 
you know, you're, you're both kind of rowing in different directions that can be really difficult. And you can have two people who are like from the same church even and, and Christian, or, you know, they're from the same religion, but they have very different values within. True. That's you know, so one of, true. One of my major values is for them to be very empowering of women and to be a feminist. And to be quite honest, that can be difficult to find in some church circles, some Christian circles. And so sometimes there are those types of values that you're like, hmm, maybe that matters more to me than them needing to like go to church all the time or whatever it is for you that's important. But those values, and I, I just have to emphasize that because I've seen, you know, of course, with our backgrounds, um, in in church culture i've seen people get married because they're from the same church or from the same right religion, and yet their values are just so different even within yes and but but they've been told that they have to be with someone from that same church or that denomination and it's like that's where you do have to separate yourself from like church structure and say who are you as an individual your background your lifestyle your interests your values um because that's super important. And maybe lastly, just as my last little green flag, I think it's really important to be attracted to whoever you're with. And again, that comes from some of the patterns I've seen with people, you know, sometimes in the church or with women, um, with people who maybe think, you know, character is all that matters or like certain things are all that matters. And at the end of the day, I think it is really important to be with someone you are very attracted to. Yes, attraction can grow, but but it needs to be growing and it needs to be growing soon. It needs you know? to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you've said all of this, especially about the values, regardless of being in the same religion, because that is something that I've really just seen as well as you and try to tell people, I think there's a lot of talk about, make sure you're evenly yoked. Mm -hmm. And that is, so, is associated with having the same, you know, church or religion. But I think there are a lot of other ways that you need to be evenly yoked with a person, whether it comes to values or personalities, or there's a lot of other ways of being similar that also matter not the same but yeah. at least complementary to one another and so um so i'm real i'm really happy that you that you mentioned that um and and i personally agree that attraction is important i know there are a lot of other perspectives out there yeah. that that disagree but i like you said i think attraction can grow but i do think it's important to kind of look at that person and you know what I think actually I I do think it can shift though right because mm -hmm. when I originally met Jason I was physically attracted to him right mm -hmm. but as time goes on and we spend our time together and we get to know each other and we go through life together and we bond as we get older obviously our looks are going to change you mm -hmm. know and yeah. um Yes. We might not always be the most attractive, but I can see myself remaining attracted to him yeah. because of all of these other things that have bonded us through time and just loving who he is as an entire person, getting to see him grow over the years and knowing mm -hmm. him over the years. So I do think attraction attraction is initially a factor that's an important, but I do think over time, the way that you're attracted to a person can change and grow. And I think yeah. that's a really beautiful thing because you'll be attracted to kind of the wholeness of who they are versus right. just the looks because especially with aging. Yes. Um, 
that's kind of, I, I think about that. That's I'm important. like, you know what? We're going to look so different, but yeah. I'm attracted to so much more. Um, so right. yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's such a good point. Cause there's always a balance and, yeah. um, that physical attraction is so important, but it is also not what's going to continue and, and carry exactly relationship. And yeah, I, exactly. um, I think it was Jay Shetty that said, we're attracted to people in five ways, um, hmm. uh, physically, uh, financially, you know, not just like, oh, we need them to be making lots of money, but like right. the way they are stable or responsible, things like that intelligence wise so we're yes they're intelligent that's probably my main attraction to be completely <laughs> honest yes exactly and then the last two are also just like super important which is emotionally and spiritually and mm. so all five of those are really important and the the ones that are kind of like really grounding are those emotional and spiritual aspects but the other three matter for everyone they're going to matter in like different degrees right but um, you know, we always have this idea that, oh, men are only attracted physically. And I, I obviously don't think that's true. I think some men haven't learned how to be attracted in other ways. And those are men that are on their journey. Same with women. Um, but that aspect is important, vice versa. And being able to go deeper in those layers of emotional, financial, intelligence wise, um, that builds the attraction that is like a solid foundation to continue to grow and learn and be like really proud of the person you're with. So well said. I have nothing to add. <laughs> I totally agree. Oh, well, this is good. And there's obviously so much more that we could talk about and we will continue to talk about in the next couple episodes on love and relationships but wherever you're at right now, just know that you are worthy of someone whose eyes light up when they see you, affects you, who isn't afraid of who you are, or who you're becoming, not threatened. You're yes. not too much for them. Yes. Celebrate the parts of you that you thought were too much. You're worthy of someone um you know giving you a hug and not being the first one to let go i mean you are just worthy of the things that you deeply need so mm -hmm. continue mm -hmm. to hold yourself to that standard and have that abundance perspective um, because this is uh, for the long haul and it's the the biggest indicator of your success and happiness in the future so yeah. thanks you guys so much for listening until next time Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, let's continue the conversation and stay connected on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, all linked in the show notes below. Let us know your thoughts or leave a review on the podcast. Your feedback really does mean so much to us. Until next time.